Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Robertson, as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. Coming to you from Biloxi, Mississippi, I am on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Came down last night after a 
a fun evening with our good friends at the 120 Club in Jackson. Uh, it's always great to get back there. And I'll tell you that, you know, one of the things that I'll share with you about that sort of thing, especially for you young guys, and, uh, you know, the 120 Club's been around forever and a day, but uh, yeah, I have the chance to speak at many of these organizations throughout the course of the year's time, uh, the you know, Starville Top Towns Club and some other places. If you are a Mississippi State fan and you're a person that really kind of enjoys recreating and maybe sharing an adult beverage with other Mississippi State fans and talking football and sort of stuff, let me encourage you to get out and support these organizations. Join the 120 Club. Join the Starville Touchdown Club. There are gonna, there's the Jackson Touchdown Club. There are a lot of these organizations that uh, are still doing exceptionally well. But one of the things that I will share with you is that um, we need some new blood in those organizations. And what I mean by that is, is many of our longtime members of these groups are beginning to get up in age. We've got a lot of silver-haired dogs that kind of run those shows. And so let me encourage you, whenever possible, anything you can do to support the Mississippi State brand, but at the same time, have a great time and be part of a great organization, uh, we're going to encourage you to be a part of that. So a great time with the 120 Club last night. Had a chance to visit uh, Bo Hemp a little bit last night. They, they, John Cohen spoke before I did. Uh, they were on their way to New Orleans. Always some big projects down there, kind of in anticipation of this weekend's ball game. They're headed down. And, uh, you know, the thing about Mississippi State that I think most people probably miss is that uh, it's not just about cowbells. It's not about maroon. It's not just about us being a land-grant institution. Is that we've got great people like Bo Hemphill and great people like Neil Cohen uh, that are involved with Mississippi State. And these are high-quality people and people that you're going to be happy to affiliate with. And every time that I go anywhere, there are people like that that go out of their way to speak and say hello. And it's not just to me you know, watching them kind of work the room. And I understand part of that's their job, but it's also their nature. Always great to be around those folks. Always, always, always great to be around Bulldogs. And, and I'm eager to get down to New Orleans. I will be down there in the morning. Going to spend uh, Friday uh, doing some uh, some scout work here. Going to go meet a little bit later today over at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, get some information on Trey Lawson, get some fresh picks, all that good stuff. The, uh, the Bulldogs win last night. And interesting night in Mississippi Junior College football. Hines upsets number one, East Mississippi Community College, 24 to 16, I believe was correct. I think they were down 17-16. East was down 17-16 and driving for the go-ahead store and throw a pick six. And then Cahoma, yes, Cahoma, the Cahoma Tigers upset Jones last night, the number four team in the country. So some absolute chaos in week one of the junior college schedule. Colin knocks off home. You know, I mean, everything else kind of went to script, I guess you could say, but um, certainly a shakeup at the top. Speaking of the top, I had the chance to uh, to meet with uh, our good friends at Bulldog Burr Company earlier this week. I'm going, big announcement. Well, some of you may know this, but others of you may not. Let me give you some details here. Bulldog Burr Company is expanding. Bulldog Burger Company is going to open their new location in Tupelo, Mississippi on September 23rd. 
Many of you have wondered, hey, what's going on? When are they going to do that? That's it. September 23rd. You're going to have a chance to get in there and have Bulldog Burger. Same menu, same great quality, same great service as you get here in Starwood. Matter of fact, many of the uh, the decorative items in Bulldog Burger Company Tupelo, very similar to what we have here in Starkville. And because Bulldog Burger Company is kind of committed to local culture, we have the Shipley's bread pudding here in Starkville. Tupelo, you're going to have Scarlet's bread pudding. And if you live in Tupelo, you know what I'm talking about. The quality that you're going to get there, they're committed to keeping that local flavor within the restaurant. Bulldog Burger Company, and it's for everybody. There are a lot of people that think, okay, well, it's Bulldog Burger Company, uh, so that must mean it's only for Mississippi State people. Well, you know, uh, we're not that exclusive, okay? And so, Ole Miss folks, many of you I know listen to the show, and I don't blame you. Uh, you're welcome to. You're welcome, Bulldog Burger Company, in both locations. And we'd like all people to go and enjoy the fine delicacies. They're there, the great restaurant quality hamburgers of Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and now Tupelo, where people go to meet. M E A T. So, college football is underway, as you guys are aware. We've got a couple of SEC games already in the books. Uh, this weekend, as you guys know, in the uh, the Manny Danny Bowl, uh, Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators find a way to, to slip past Miami. That that fourth quarter uh, will not be something that uh, people look back and say, man, what a thing of beauty. Absolutely horrendous. Last night, Texas A&M got the whole thing underway. They knock off Texas State. Uh, I am not a Kellen Mond fan. If you guys have uh, followed the show, I think he is a very average quarterback, serviceable. And if anybody knows anything about serviceable quarterbacks, it should be Mississippi State folks. But uh, A&M ranked number 12th in the country, number 12 in the country, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm selling the Aggies. I just, I just I don't, I don't buy it at all. Last night, they, uh, they jump out to a 14-0 lead, 28-zip at half. They, uh, the line on the game was 34 points, and they give up a late touchdown to win 41-7. to Kellen Mond, 19 of 27 for a very pedestrian 194 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. They did bring in uh, second-team quarterback late in the ballgame. Probably one of the bigger notes for A&M fans. You had a pair of 100-yard rushers last night. Spiller and Corbin both go over 100 yards. Uh, Spiller with 85-yard long kind of helps his average there a little bit there. But uh, one of my favorite players in the Southeastern Conference – that doesn't play for Mississippi State is Courtney Davis today. And I absolutely love his game as a wide receiver. He Six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown last night. And silky smooth in the process. That's one of the things when you watch him, you see how, how athletic he is. So a, a big night for the Aggies to get going. But I'll tell you, you know, watching some of the replay last night on that, uh, they showed some first game issues, okay? Did, didn't look uh, exceptional, shall we say. Uh, going to be an interesting year in College Station. And I, and, I, and I firmly believe they have overpaid for a coach, and I think that's more about ego than it is uh, economics. So we'll see how things go in that respect. But uh, before we get into breaking down the rest of the SEC schedule and kind of looking ahead to Mississippi State and uh, Louisiana Lafayette, we had the chance to meet with some defensive players uh, before we left Starkville. Had a chance to meet with Chauncey Rivers, and Chauncey has really emerged as a leader on the Mississippi State team and in the Mississippi State program. There's just a lot. There's a lot going on with Chauncey. I've had multiple people share that 
he is the guy that's kind of gotten up on the chair and kind of rallied the troops and uh, is stepping up, being kind of that emotional leader that Jeff Simmons was last year. That is encouraging to hear. But Chauncey also understands this is the money year. Okay, this is the year that he has to kind of make it all work for himself and, uh, and kind of move on and kind of legitimize himself as a National Football League defensive line prospect. And uh, he got a chance to watch it all up close last year with Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons. That has only motivated Chauncey to be better. Like what I'm seeing and hearing from him, he tells me they're really eager to get out and go play a game. You know, you get ball camp and all that's going on. When you hear that rattling around, I got a cough drop working through all that like everybody else. But uh, but the, the Bulldogs are ready to get in the dome. They're ready to play a real game, hit a real opponent, kind of see how things go. One of the things that Chauncey shared with me is that the uh, first game mistakes that uh, they have seen on television in recent days, because they've watched college football too, they, they are well aware of the fact that there have been a ton of missed tackles in some of the games that have been broadcast. And he says that, that not only has the leadership council, you know, mentioned that to the team, but so have the coaches. And, hey, you know, you, you guys, listen, we've got to tackle well. We've got to avoid these issues that many of the other teams are having, not being able to tackle in space. You expect some of that. But uh, there has been a ton of it. And so it is good to know that that is not lost on the uh, Mississippi State team. They are looking to address that. Uh, the Bulldogs uh, left this morning flying down. They will have a, a walkthrough in the Superdome today. And it's interesting, you know, nobody really does that as much anymore. But Jim Moorhead felt that it was important because Louisiana Superdome is such a historic venue. Didn't want those guys to be, you know, walk out there and be caught up in the bright lights. We've got to go play a football game. And as Tommy Stevens shared with us earlier this week, every football field's 100 yards long. You might have a bigger crowd. You might have more amenities. You might have uh, other things around. But you still got to go play football on a 100-yard field. So we'll see how that all breaks through. Now, we also had a chance to speak with uh, Jaden Cromedy and Fabian Lovett. And uh, I know those have been some names of uh, recent concern uh, and conversation. Both of those guys ready to go will be a central part of this Mississippi State defensive effort as we begin to kind of push forward here. And a lot of people said, Steve, listen, what about the suspensions? What about the suspended players? You know, listen, we've been given some names, not by anybody associated with Mississippi State, but we've kind of put some things together because people talk. And uh, a lot of this was already kind of discussed openly before people realized the severity of it all. So we feel like we've got a pretty good handle on who it will be. Uh State expected to travel 70 players down. Many of the players that uh, are expected to be part of that uh, punishment involving the uh, NCAA issues involving the academic misconduct would not have made the, the travel roster anyway. But there are some names that are somewhat significant. There are two to three names, uh, two regulars and one guy that's uh, kind of a fan favorite that uh, you know we were expecting to make major contributions this year. There are some concerns that there are Seasons this year will be somewhat abbreviated. We will find out most of that, I think, tomorrow. Well, let me go ahead and prepare you for this. Mississippi State is under no obligation to disclose the reasons that certain players did not play. They are not required by the SEC to, uh, to list it as an injury or an academic misconduct or any other disciplinary issue. And so while you will see some names or maybe hear some names, 
understand that there are some other guys that might be completely unconnected or disconnected from all this that might be serving a uh, suspension or be sitting out for another reason. There's already been a lot of uh, speculation on the message boards and social media, and and I, I will say that I believe much of that is accurate. I believe that, but it's not all accurate. But at the end, Mississippi State's going to get to go play a football game tomorrow. And I believe Mississippi State's good enough to go win that football game handily without many of his players. The bigger issue comes in with injuries. What happens when Mississippi State suffers some injuries and there becomes some depth concerns? And as I shared with you guys on Wednesday, what I'm most concerned about is what happens on special teams. When it blows up on special teams and you've got wide receivers and running backs kind of running down, making those plays, you could see some you know, some some mistakes, some breakdowns in coverage because of the fact those guys, that hasn't really been their thing. Mississippi State will make it work. We'll make it work. People need to go ahead and be prepared for that. Mississippi State will make it work. A lot of people I know that there is um, there's a certain segment of our fan base, and I say this as much low as possible, that uh, you know to be a Mississippi State is to kind of forecast failure. And I will be glad when that is eradicated from the the, uh, the Bulldog collective psyche, because we have been very, very good at football now for uh, for a decade. We are enjoying unprecedented success on all fields of play. And so for us to continue to expect bad things to happen to us, I think what you're going to see this year is the health of the Mississippi State football program. But because of the fact, despite the fact that we're going to have 10 players suspended for eight games, that we're still going to be able to live up to expectations. Now, had this happened 10 years ago, if we had had uh, five players suspended, probably cost us a game or two or more, might derail the season. But because of the level of talent on this roster, the level of experience on this roster, I believe Mississippi State can overcome these hiccups. And while it is an embarrassing situation, and it's something that is uh, completely undignified and something that we have all discussed ad nauseum now about how disappointed we are. It is now behind us. Now it's time to go pay the piper. But there are 75 other players that did the right thing. Not to mention the walk-ons and people of that nature. There are 75 other players that weren't involved with any of that. And there, many of them are going to take the field this weekend to go represent you and our university. And sadly, that won't be the, where the focus is. But my hope is Mississippi State can go up, win this game, look good doing it, and that becomes the focus rather than uh, what's going on with the NCAA mandated reductions in eligibility for some of these players. The latest I have on Keaton Thompson, as of yesterday, Keaton was not on the dress list, which means that he would not make the trip to New Orleans. Now, of course, something could change. It's Joe Moorhead's team. He might have decided that Keaton says, you know, coach, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I don't know when I'll get a chance to go back and play in my home city. I want to go back and let's do it. That might change. But as of now, I'm not expecting Keaton to suit up tomorrow. I'm not expecting him to be a part of it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, earlier this week I was told that there was some optimism of Keaton might stay with the team, that Joe Moorhead and Andrew Biner were making some headway with him. We'll just kind of see how things progress over the course of the next in you know, 24, 48, 36 hours. You know, perhaps sitting out this week, not taking part in practice, and then watching the team play on television, perhaps that rekindles some hunger 
to be part of the Mississippi State football program at least for one more season. I know many of you are folks that like to have a little skin in a game. And uh, back with us again for the fall are our friends at MyBookie. MyBookie's been a longtime supporter of the show and uh, happy to have them back. And, uh, you know, football is an evolving game. You know, with the NFL, there's there's guys that move. I know many of you guys have watched the, uh, the hard knocks involving the Oakland Raiders. And I'll tell you, the way they framed them up this year in the preseason they've had, you feel like the Raiders might make a run at this thing. And uh, it's one of those things where – a lot of people involved uh, with the NFL uh, want some parity within the league. And so you need to kind of show your expertise, and you can do that at my book. You can be part of that $100,000 uh, super payout deal. It's, it's, a, it's a buy-in. It's only a $100 buy-in, part of all that, and uh, have a chance to win your share. All you got to do is you know pick your games each week and just rise up the, the leaderboard. But I know many of you, you want to have some skin in the game, and uh, you've got payout bonuses. They've got prop bets. There's just there's a lot of in-game betting that goes on. And for for those of you that that's your thing, my bookie's the way to go. And we're going to give you a little incentive, of course, to activate that offer. It's up to a thousand dollar matching bonus. To activate that offer, go to my bookie. That's M Y B O O K I E, and use promo code Boneyard. B O N E Y A R D. That's Boneyard. And uh, let them know that you're part of our, our click and uh, they will unlock some bonuses opportunities for you. And you'll have an opportunity uh, to play my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. It's as simple as that. So again, that's my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Look forward to hearing back from you all about, about all of that. So let's get into the SEC schedule. And uh, as I'm sitting here recording this, there's all kind of college football coverage on television as everybody kind of anticipates the season. Uh, Toledo is going to play at Kentucky. You know, I, you know, I'm not a big Kentucky fan. I thought last year was a bit of a, uh, you know, the exception rather than the rule for Wildcat football. They lose a lot. They lose Benny Snell. Uh, they lose some guys up front. They're, they're going to have some veterans on the offensive line. Their secondary is essentially brand new. They'll be tested. I think they're a six and six, seven and five type team. But one of those wins comes this weekend. Toledo comes in and they're just simply not going to have the horses to run with Kentucky. Kentucky has issues at quarterback. They have issues at running back. They have lost some experience at wide receiver. They're going to be decent on defense in the front seven, but they don't have uh, one of the top pass rushers in all college football, and uh, he's moved on, Jacksonville Jaguars. So Josh is gone, thank goodness. I still have nightmares about some of the things that he did to uh, tire tackles. But Kentucky should win this ball game at home. But I don't – again, it's one of those things I'm selling Kentucky. I, I, last year was the exception rather than the rule, and I, and I read people say, oh, Kentucky's back, and they're going to do this. First of all, Kentucky's never been here. Kentucky's not a football school, and last year they reached the end of a talent cycle. They benefited from that. Now they're kind of starting fresh. Ole Miss at Memphis, and uh, we'll talk about that one for a couple minutes here because I know you guys, there's, there's great interest in that ball game. There's been a lot of discussion that uh, the change of coordinators at Ole Miss, you know, they've changed some coordinators at Memphis too. You know, Mike Norville's still there, but uh, that coaching staff has had some upheaval as well. They're at home. They're the favorite, and uh, I have seen this go from anywhere from six and a half to five. 
I, you know, I am not big on Ole Miss, but I'll tell you, from a personnel standpoint, you've got to think they're competitive in this ball game. But when I begin to kind of break this thing down and look at that offensive line, I don't understand why people are uh, on the other side of this deal are, are so optimistic about Ole Miss. You're replacing a left tackle. You're replacing a left guard. You're replacing a center. And then Alex Given, the right tackle, has missed just about all of fall camp. He's going to try to give it a go. And you know he wants to go. You know he wants to get out there and play. But basically, you're going to bring back one starting offensive lineman and then another guy who is expected to be a star for you down the road who is recovering from back surgery. And I, I don't care who you are or where you're from. That's a recipe for disaster. And then you've got a quarterback making his first collegiate start on the road in a hostile environment where people don't like you, which I know is kind of that's, – that's per script for Ole Miss. Everywhere they go, people don't like them. Memphis kind of sees themselves as um, the Ole Miss nemesis. And I, if, if I'm not mistaken, despite the fact that Ole Miss had some wins vacated, they have won seven of eight against Memphis. I guess you know, the, the one loss is, of course, the, uh, the Kim Dietschy year uh, when Kim Dietschy got banged up in the ball ballgame uh, and you know, an unfortunate situation. But I like Memphis in this game. I, I think if, if I'm Ole Miss, I don't like the fact they've had all summer to prepare for me, even though offensively you're going to have some new wrinkles in there. You can go back and watch a lot of that Rich Rod tape from Arizona and Michigan and and uh, West Virginia, and there, there'll be some new wrinkles, but by and large, it is what it is. But it's just one of those deals. I would hate to have to go on the road in week one unsure of myself. While your opponent is guessing what you're going to do, you're going to be guessing what you're going to do. There's just a lot of unknowns in all of this, and you've got an, an inexperienced team with a brand-new quarterback, and you've got an opponent with a real chip on their shoulder in their backyard. That's a recipe for a bit of an upset, even though Memphis is the favorite team here. Anytime an SEC team loses to a G5 team, and you know, more, more times than not, that's going to be an upset. But uh, Ole Miss has some veterans on the defensive front, and, uh, and as my dad used to say, that's not necessarily a good thing. When you have veterans from bad defenses or bad units, you, know, you might be better off playing the other guys. But, uh, but that being said, I don't know that Memphis will be able to run the football. You know, if – if uh, you know, if they had had their full comp of their roster back last year, then maybe it's you know Daryl Henderson's back. You might look at this game a little bit differently. But uh, Memphis wants to spread you out. They want you to defend the entire width of the field. Uh, I I like Memphis in this ball game in a very close one. I think it'll be an entertaining and exciting game. Probably one of those thirty to twenty eight thrillers where whoever has the ball last wins. South Carolina's at North Carolina. It's a great way to start the year if you're a, a fan of the Carolinas. The Mac Brown era gets underway in North Carolina. I, you know, they're probably a year away. You know, our friend Tim Brewster's up there. Brew will, uh, will work hard and get some uh, some talent in there. But South Carolina with Jake Bentley, who I really like, I think they have a real good chance to go in there and win this ball game. South Carolina's favored in the game, and I think they'll probably cover with change. I just. The thing about South Carolina that is so interesting and intriguing to me is how quietly they have pieced together a, a good collection of skill players. Yeah, they must champ a defensive-minded coach, kind of a hard-nosed guy. I don't think they're ever really above an eight and four type record with him. But all that being said, they're good enough to go win a ball game this weekend. And it's the East is getting better. 
And I think South Carolina, in many respects, probably uh, probably missed their window. But this will be a ball game. And again, they should win. But that South Carolina team is uh, is tricky. I, I see them kind of like Mississippi State in many respects, that they'll win the games they're expected to, and they'll be in some of those toss-up games, and the season will likely boil down to how they do in those toss-up games. I don't really see this one as a toss-up, despite the fact that it's on the road. I think South Carolina is simply the better team. Georgia State at Tennessee. You know, this is uh, this is the year that uh, many in the SEC media, you know, the the, uh, the Chris Lowe's of the world, people like that, can can begin to kind of tease that uh, maybe Tennessee is back. And I just, I, you know, I, I'm I'm not buying any of that. I think they're still pretty much devoid of, of talent. I think they're also a team that uh, is really lacking at the skill positions, but they'll win big this weekend. Uh, they they will. I mean, there's just you know. You could probably go out there and not even run plays. I mean, not even have a game plan. You could probably just go out there and just say, okay, let's just go out-athlete these guys and be able to do it. And I just – this is a typical non-conference SEC bloodletting, and it will give the uh, the, many of the SEC media a chance to to kind of get on there and and, and kind of begin to legitimize the Jeremy Pruitt administration. And I just – I expect this Tennessee team to struggle – not just this year. And again, I think they are a coaching change away from making the right steps. And you think, man, Steve, Jeremy just got there. I, I just think it was such a questionable hire considering where Tennessee is right now as a program. They have really struggled uh, since Phil Fulmer was, quote, you know, retired out of that whole deal. And uh, it has been a train wreck ever since. They, they've, they had some decent moments under Butch. But uh, they've been fewer and far between. And, and that's kind of how I see it with Pruitt. I, I just don't think they can sustain these things. They'll be a better team in some respects. They'll be they'll be a good defensive team. But I just don't see them scoring. There's a lot of questions there at the quarterback position, but not enough this weekend. Duke is at number two, Alabama. This, uh, this won't be pretty. Uh, Alabama's good to go. You know, they've had some injuries. Of course, Dylan Moses is gone. So they've got – a couple of questions on defense. I just don't think Duke is anywhere near good enough to really run with Alabama, even at even when Alabama's got some issues. I just don't think Duke matches up well, and I don't think any of you do either. Uh, David Cutcliffe has done a great job at Duke, and I suspect there are many Ole Miss people that wish they had him back. Could you imagine? I remember when they when they ran David Cutcliffe off at Ole Miss. They said it's because he couldn't recruit. Uh, and that they that they were not able to kind of move forward as a program because of his unwillingness and ability to recruit, and uh, they called it cut bation. Remember that instead of probation, they called it cut bation. And I think many Ole Miss people now would love to have what Duke has had. You know, yeah, you had maybe a higher high in 2014, but at what price? Under Hugh Freeze, still an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment to the state of Mississippi. You know that took place. Absolute embarrassment. But uh, Cutcliffe, a gentleman. Cutcliffe, a guy that's well-respected. But uh, he will feel unbelievably disrespected this weekend. I, I think Alabama will absolutely smash Duke. I, I just – I think it's probably a game for half a quarter. And I, I think with Alabama's explosiveness on offense, they will probably feel a little more pressure to outscore people. You know what I'm saying? It's like the – you know, that they have the calling card for Alabama for many years was defense, but they have been much better offensively the last couple of years with what they have back. 
they're going to be explosive again with Tua. That wide receiver core is tremendous. They're going to have some running backs suspended. I don't think that it matters. I think with that experienced offensive line, their ability to pitch and catch, it'll be a blowout. This whole Arkansas thing, I know uh, many of you are, are kind of like me, and you're thinking, okay, well, you got what the Portland State Vikings coming in there. You know, and, and that's when people are critical of, uh, of the SEC and our scheduling practices, these are the kind of games they point to. And, and that's, that's probably fair. But, uh, but all that being said, it's a good warm-up opponent for an Arkansas team. It's going to be really, really struggling to find victories this year. They'll win this one handily. And, again, it will give people in the SEC media a chance to, uh, to get on Chad Morris's bandwagon again and talk about how great he is. And it's going to be a renaissance-type uh, deal. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't care how many grad transfer quarterbacks you bring in. I just don't think there are enough pieces around the quarterback there to kind of make things happen. And uh, now next week will be awfully interesting. You know, they're going to travel to Oxford. It'll be a big ball game. It's a 6:30 matchup. I'll be on television. We'll have a chance to watch Mississippi State play so they miss and rush home and watch that game. So they'll probably not show a whole lot. And, and if you look at it, if you're Arkansas, you're thinking, you know, this will be great for us. We should be able to get a big lead and then be able to kind of play a lot of people and rest some of our guys for next week. I don't know that Ole Miss is in that situation. I think Ole Miss is in for a dogfight, and this Arkansas deal will be an absolute joke. I think they will just steamroll Portland State. Uh, one of the best games of the weekend, number 11, Oregon at Auburn. I pick Auburn to win this thing, but, man, I'll tell you, this is one of those great early season matchups. I, you know, Oregon has talent. They have done a great job the past decade or so, really different in Northern California and expanding their recruiting footprint. They're going to be just as talented as Auburn. Oregon, also one of the fastest teams in the country when you look at team speed. This will be an entertaining ball game. Again, a 6.30 kick for them. I like the game a lot. I don't like this Auburn team a lot. But I think at home, they will find a way to win. I don't know that they cover, but I think they find a way to win this ball game. I think this is likely the last year of the Gus Malzahn era. I think 8-4 and four gets them fired. I think Alabama is his biggest enemy, regardless of what they do this year. I think what what Auburn people have witnessed across the road under Nick Saban just makes them look worse by comparison. And I, I think that was what they were hoping when they hired Gus Malzahn, that, is that all this would be a little more competitive. And it hadn't been for the most part. So if Gus ha- turns in an 8-4, 7-5 type year, I think that's it for him. And this is a ball game he's got to win. If Oregon goes in there and beats Auburn, Gus Watch 2019 will officially kick off. There will already be, you know, the uh, the Yellowwood folks will already be uh, be out there behind the scenes saying, you know what, maybe we need to look at doing something different. He already has some eroding support. You lose this ball game, Gus. Uh, I I don't know that you survive the season. Uh, that's it's as simple as that. I I think this is that's it's that important. Auburn's got to go win this ball game. I think they do. I don't think it's impressive, but I do think it's an entertaining ball game. Georgia Southern at LSU. I have seen some people say that you know because Georgia Southern runs triple option, everything they'll be able to stay in a little bit. Oh, listen, LSU is so explosive at linebacker. I just think they're going to be fine in this. 
you know, they've, they've got a great defensive coordinator and you don't see the triple option lot, but you've had plenty of time to prepare. It's not like it's a week to week deal. You get them early uh, and you get them at home. LSU ranked number six. That is way, 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 way too high. Way too high. But they should be really strong on defense. And those young wide receivers are growing up a little bit. Joe Burrow is back. LSU's going to be a good team. I don't think they're an elite team. And I, I kind of giggle to myself when I see these people that say, you know, can LSU make the playoff? And let me go ahead and tell you, no. No, no, they can't. They can't make the playoff. Because there is no way LSU's going to be Alabama. Because Alabama, Nick Saban, that, that is the game. I think that game might be more important to him than Auburn. Now, you know that, that they're going to get up to play Auburn because it's a rivalry game and it's, it's the fan base game. But Nick Saban is LSU's daddy. And not to mention, if you saw the comments from the new LSU athletic director this week, basically saying that Ed Orgeron had a higher IQ than Nick Saban, and I saw some, some of the LSU media come out and try to say, well, you know, that's not exactly what he meant. Well, what, how much do you frame that up? It's a bad look. Uh, but no, LSU can't make the playoff. And uh, I, I think LSU is probably a 9-3 and three type team on talent alone. But uh, they're a team, too, that is capable of losing. They're a team also that's capable of, uh, of winning most of the games that they should win. But I, I am not on the Joe Burrow bandwagon. I think that he is an above-average quarterback that is being given elite status. And I don't know that he's earned that. I don't. I know they had the big ball game, I guess it was Georgia last year, where he kind of had a coming-out party. But uh, I don't know that that is consistently what he is capable of bringing to the table. And, uh, you know, that LSU running game should be interesting this year. You know, we'll see what John Emery can do a lot. But uh, they'll win this one. Uh, it might not be as explosive as – you know, I, I think LSU is going to win big because I think that LSU defense is going to punish them. I think that there will be some turnovers in this ball game, and I think that uh, LSU will just simply out-athlete them. Missouri at Wyoming, a lot of people really bullish the Tigers at Missouri. Uh, Kelly Bryant comes in, and uh, I think Kelly Bryant's a really good quarterback. I, I don't, I don't think that he is what many in the media are making him out to be. Uh, I think he is one of those guys that, uh, in a new system with uh, new coaches, will have to depend on his athleticism, and that might be enough, especially this weekend on the road at Wyoming. Missouri returns a lot of pieces, and Barry Odom is a defensive-minded coach. Barry is a guy. We'll have those guys ready to play. And the teams that can play defense in the East are kind of few and far between. And the ones that do are really good. Florida really good defensively. Georgia really good defensively. And then outside of that, it's kind of potpourri. And so Mizzou, I think, will surprise some people. You know what a big fan of Drew Locke I was last year? This is the same scheme. It's not necessarily the same coaches, but it is the same scheme. And so – uh, Kelly Bryant will do good things, and I think he will have a big game against Wyoming. Uh, Missouri, kind of a sleeper team in the East. But a lot of people are thinking, you know what, they're kind of the dark horse over there. If they can get an upset somewhere, then maybe they can contend uh, in the East. I don't know that i go that far, but I think they're a very solid ball team. Uh, looking around, there's only a couple other games left to talk about before we get into Mississippi State and uh, Louisiana. Georgia at Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt is in trouble. I think Georgia feels like they have a lot to prove after last year. You know, they 
they basically gave the SEC championship game away and then got absolutely punished in that game against Texas. That is something that is difficult to live with. If you have the SEC championship game one, you have Alabama on the ropes, and then you blow it, and then you limp into a bowl game and you get absolutely obliterated by the University of Texas, they will come out ready to go. Vanderbilt in transition, especially on offense, they simply do not have the horses. And uh, that that's one that I think will get ugly pretty quick. I know Derek Mason will have a scheme in place to try to slow Georgia down. I just don't know that they have the personnel to match up for a half against Georgia, much less over uh, the course of a ballgame. So let's go ahead and look for that to, to be a to be a big blowout. So uh, running down your winners one more time before we get out of here. Shouldn't be a big surprise. Uh, as you guys know, Florida has already won. A&M has already won. SEC now 2-0 and on the young season. Look for Kentucky over Toledo, Memphis over Ole Miss, Mississippi State over ULL, and we'll get to that shortly, South Carolina over UNC, Tennessee over Georgia State, Alabama over Duke, Arkansas over Portland State, Auburn over Oregon, LSU over Georgia Southern, Mizzou over Wyoming on the road, and Georgia knocks off Vanderbilt. I want to remind you guys, too, when you're in town and start, we'll go by Campus Bookmart. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, at Campus Bookmart, we'll treat you like family because you are family. You need to get outfitted for the season. If you hadn't done so, if you can't make it to town before next weekend, we encourage you to go visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, you'll get a promo code. We'll save you a little cash. That promo code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So let's get into this Mississippi State UL thing. You know, listen, this UL Lafayette offensive line, a veteran group against an inexperienced group of Mississippi State defensive linemen. So don't be surprised if they come out and run the football a little bit with some success early on. I think it'll take Shoop a series or two to kind of figure out how the blocking schemes are working. We're also going to run blitz a lot. That's one of the things we blitz more on first down, I think, than anybody in the Southeastern Conference last year. So Shoop likes to get people behind the chains in the down and distance. They will look to get the ball out on the perimeter. That's one of the things they did last year unsuccessfully, but they tried it a lot early to negate the Mississippi State pass rush. UL ran those bubbles, forced the Bulldogs to tackle in space. That's when you really began to see Jonathan Abram become Jonathan Abram because he was able to get out there in the flat and kind of when guys would make the catch, limit the game. Cam Dantzler, great tackler in space. Murray Smitherman might be the best tackling corner we have despite the fact that he is one of the smaller corners on the roster. Those matchups are going to be big. They're going to want to run the football, and, and, and people say, well, they had three running backs that combined for over 2,000 yards. Listen, that that sounds great, the press release, but uh, that I mean, the reality of the situation is that's going to be that's a pretty average statistic. They also didn't do it against the Southeastern Conference. You know, people forget that State really kind of dominated that game up front. UL got up to a three nothing lead, and after that initial drive, it really, really slowed down. Really slowed down. Now we don't have Jeff Simmons in the middle there to eat up space and 
heat up double teams. So that's a bit of a concern because of the fact you've got to be able to keep those offensive guards off your linebackers. But I look for guys like Errol Thompson, Leo Lewis to have big games. I don't think there's any question linebackers have to be a big part of things. And that's a real strength for the Bulldogs. So shut down the running game, shut down the bubble screens, get a lead, force UL to be one-dimensional. And that's where I think that the, the Bulldogs really begin to eat. Uh, UL has some questions in the secondary. They, uh, they have some questions up front. State should be able to run the football and throw the football with success. And what happens when you get a lead, especially, you know, around halftime, State was up 35-3 last year, you get people out of their game plan. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to get out of that running thing because the game is getting away from you, and then that allows people to kind of extend. And, and I believe that's what will happen this weekend. Again, if it's a tussle for a quarter, don't panic. Don't panic because you've got some young guys in there, especially on that defensive interior, that are still figuring some things out. I, I will say – if you see State get a couple of three and outs early, it is going to be an exceptionally long day for the Cajuns. I don't think that UL can stay with State. I do think they'll make it a game for a quarter. And then Tommy Stevens and the Mississippi State offense will get rolling. If Colin Hill has 200 yards total offense, I won't be the least bit surprised. I expect Colin Hill to get the line share of the carries. I think Nick Gibson will get probably the, a career high for him. Uh, this weekend, but we need to kind of get some things going. That Mississippi State offensive line is also a veteran group, and it's now it's about kind of developing, as uh, Coach Marcus Johnson called it, some cohesion. They got to get out there and learn to play in different spots. Now, these are guys that are used to playing together, but everybody has kind of moved around a little bit. And so there may be some issues early, maybe some pre-snap penalties, you know, that sort of stuff, maybe because we're thinking a little bit too much. It takes a game or two to kind of get those things figured out. But I expect State to get behind that offensive line, probably take some shots early, because I think you want to get you want to get your guys rolling. If you can get Javante Payton behind the defense, uh, you want to do that because he can certainly run away from them. And Isaiah Zuber is a guy that'll make you miss in space. I'm excited to see those guys in the maroon and white, and you should be too. We have had a chance to watch them on a very limited basis in practice. But what is what has excited me the most? even more so than Tommy Stevens being here. It's the development of Isaiah Zuber and Javante Payton as Mississippi State pass catchers. I believe they have transformed that personnel group. I believe that Stephen Guidry has stepped up and is playing the best football of his career. I'm ready to sit on the field. We saw flashes of it last year. He has responded very favorably to the increased level of competition in the room. He also will take the field with more weapons around him. As a result, people won't be able to shade his safety to his side. I think he is in store for a big year. I think he benefits from this influx of talent. And then, of course, Osiris Mitchell and Dedrick Thomas, among State's best receivers last year, might be your fourth and fifth best options this year. That's what you wanted to see. That's what you hope to see. You wanted to see this group get better. They have gotten better and fall practice. Now it's time to go do it when the band is played. Season ticket sales at Mississippi State are still ongoing. Single game tickets for this weekend still on sale. I was told yesterday, right at 15,000 tickets sold for our ballgame Saturday. 15,000. That's nothing. 
the UL ticket office uh, kind of sending out the bat signal asking people to come to the ball game. I know there are a lot of people trying to squeeze in that last beach trip. It's Labor Day weekend. People are going out of town. Uh, come to New Orleans. I know there's a lot, a lot of people are scared to come to New Orleans, and uh, I am not one of those folks. I do enjoy New Orleans. Uh, there are certain aspects of New Orleans that I'm somewhat uh, mindful of. A different day, a different time for me. There were times that I used to light Bourbon Street on fire. It's a different life for me. But uh, it's not about New Orleans. It's not about the UL Lafayette Cajuns, and that's off their official website. It's about Mississippi State football. A chance to go watch the Bulldogs play indoors in the temperature-controlled Louisiana Superdome. It is a chance to see Tommy Stevens for the first time in a Mississippi State uniform. I'm going to encourage you, if you're on the fence about going, go ahead and buy the tickets and come on. Drive down for the day of the game, come to the ball game, get in the car and go home. Uh, I, my plans tonight, as I share with you guys, I'm going to go watch uh, Jaden Wiley, Mississippi State's brand new commitment. Watch him play against Picayune, have some video and pictures, and we'll have that for you here in a couple days. And then I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to drive to New Orleans, and I'm going to go enjoy the Mississippi State Bulldogs play a football game. Uh, this is going to be an interesting year. And I know many of our people, again, we always have this – you know, this fear of failure and when people want to get out ahead of it and say, you know, listen, all we want to lay the groundwork and say, I told you so. I, I'm cheering for the dogs to do well, but I want to find a way to salvage, uh, you know, you know, some self-esteem here if we're not good. So I can come back and say, I told you all seven and five. You know, listen, life is too short and death is too certain to live with that kind of misery. I love sports. I love Mississippi State sports. I love being around the game. I love being around the team. I love making memories with my family. And yes, it's a job for me, but man, I tell you what, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And so I'm going to be there. I hope that you guys make the trip. Let's go make some memories together. Speaking of memories, you can pre-order Stark Villains. I don't know if you've heard yet, but doing some social media postings about that. Go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com. Again, that's StarkVillainsTheBook.com. And you can pre-order the book, and uh, I'm going to sign off pre-orders. We'll personalize them, whatever we need to do. We'll get that out to you. Uh, it's going to be out next month. Don't have an actual release date yet. It's being printed. Uh, it's you know we're we're ready to go. It's being printed domestically, and so there shouldn't be huge delays. Uh, and so next month it'll be over. This time two years ago, I was sitting in a Clinton, Mississippi office space, signing pre-ordered books or flim flam for you guys. So we're a little bit behind that, but we're going to do the same thing this time. I sign those books, get them out to you. We're going to kick off the book tour. I'm going to be everywhere. Going to be all over the Southeast, a lot of Mississippi. Do what we can. We're going to do some private signings too. I've already had people contact me about that. We had a huge, huge, huge private signing in Tupelo for flim flam. Huge. What a big one in Brookhaven. And so we're going to get out and do some of those, probably do some here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We're going to get out and get around, going to do some in Jackson. So if you're interested in that, if you're interested in kind of setting up an evening with, we'll do a book reading. Maybe you guys can do whatever you want to do. We'll have finger foods, whatever. And, uh, and we'll talk about some great Mississippi State memories. Shared today that John Bond is part of the book. When I was a kid, John Bond was my hero. That's the guy I wanted to be. John Bond thought he was the coolest guy in the world. Probably why I have long hair, right? Blame it on John. 
But John was part of four Egg Bowls, and the only ones we ever talk about are the two we lost, right? The blowback game and the Dick Pace game. But, you know, John won two Egg Bowls, too. And I gave him an opportunity to talk about all four of them in the book. One of the greatest honors of my life is talking to these great players. And John Bond is a Mississippi State legend and uh, was very gracious with his time and uh, only had to ask him once, hey, John, I'm writing this book. Would you be willing? Yes, yes. I mean, just absolutely on board from the beginning. Uh, these are Mississippi State stories. It's my name on the front of the book, but these are our stories. These are our memories. And uh, it is, again, the greatest joy of my life to be able to put these things together for you and uh, look forward to you guys having a chance to read it. So, again, go to startvillains.com to order your merch, get your shirts, and then pre-order your book at startvillainsthebook.com. Again, startvillains.com for your shirts, startvillainsthebook.com to pre-order your book. Well, folks, going to do it for today. I'll be back in Starkville all week next week as we uh, have our first home game. And Monday, we'll uh, recap the weekend that was and hopefully a Mississippi State victory. I hope it is a great weekend for you. It is Labor Day Monday. Many of you will be off. I will not be. I will not be off. We'll be working. But we'll look forward to, uh, to a good week together and a family reunion of sorts next weekend as we all get back together at Davis Wade Stadium for the first time in a long time. It's been too long. You know what I'm saying? It's like... As great as baseball is, and I absolutely love college baseball, there is just something about game day for college football. There is just the pageantry of it all. It is just a different environment, and and people are always so happy. So pack up the kids, load the car, come be a part of all of it. We absolutely can't wait to see you at Starkville. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>